Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you will be listening to PSY 203 General Psychology with Professor Mark Hunter. I hope you listen and enjoy. Continuing in Unit 6, and we're looking at classic perspectives on personality. What has been a traditional view of what personality is? And when we talk about personality, we're talking about what are the characteristic patterns of thinking, feeling, and acting. You know, when, you've, when you interact with someone, you see someone every day, you expect them to behave in a certain manner. You expect them to, you know, have a, a certain demeanor or something, and we count on that. And if we see that someone's personality has changed, then we know that maybe something's wrong. You know, there's a physical illness or maybe there's some stressor in their life. So there's a variety of different um, uh, theories that we are going to look at with personality. Freud's uh, theory of personality uses this iceberg analogy that much of our personality is what we express to others is are aware of is our ego. And um, this is uh, shown above the, the waterline. But um, our ego is always dealing with this, um, this battle between our id, which is our kind of animalistic, more uh, primal desires to do what we want, our selfish desires, and the superego, which is what society says that we need to do in order to be good citizens. And so, according to Freud's theory, then the ego is trying to interact between the, the id and the superego to be able to have this, what the balance should be. The, um, uh, Freud had uh, sta different stages that he said that children all go through in what he referred to as psychosexual development. And that the id's desire for pleasure focuses on, um, on pleasure-sensitive area, what he called erogenous zones. He uh, talks about the different challenges they had. Uh, the Oedipus complex is the idea that um, uh, his theory that a, a son is, uh, desires their mother and, but can't because the uh, father is there. And, and so he had a, and the same thing with girls and their father's electric complex. So the, um, there's a lot of different theories that uh, have come from Freud regarding that. He, uh, as the chart shows you, that there's uh, different stages that children go through, according to Freud and about where we gain our pleasure from. And you can see those things there now. Different theorists will say that, yes, children do do these things at that stage, but that's not always the reason why they have the motivation to do it. It's not completely a psychosocial um, motivation, a psychosexual motivation. Um, one of Freud's probably areas that have ha still has a lot of uh, importance today is defense mechanisms. It's how do we protect ourselves to reduce anxiety. Sometimes we repress it, we hide things, we put things that we don't want to see, we put them away in our um, conscious, uh, we put them in our in unconscious so we can't be aware of them each uh, and every day. And um, we won't have time to go through these now, but uh, I encourage you to look through this list and to see what, how Freud and his daughter 
um, Anna Freud uh, describe these defense mechanisms and how they really are still uh, used in understanding personality today. Um, people who came after Freud, some of them were Freud's students, said, but not everything was related to sexual drives. And um, though they've adopted some of Freud's techniques, such as interaction between the therapist and the, uh, the client, but um, they also came up with different ideas of personality. And uh, so the, um, the um, idea of sex and aggression and things like that were, were not accepted by the neo-Freudians, but they came up with their own ideas. Um, one, uh, a couple of different psychologists, such as uh, Adler and Horne, um, they agreed on the importance of childhood, and they started uh, understanding that the childhood social tensions really were crucial to help forming a personality. You may have heard the term inferiority complex. That comes from Adler, the idea of feeling inferior and how we do to try to overcome that. Um, Cornet looked at the ideas of childhood anxiety and how that triggers um, different desires. Uh, Carl Jung looked at unconsciousness as a powerful influence, and um, but it contained more than just repressed thoughts and feelings. That he's talked about there was a collective unconsciousness that we have, and um, you can uh, if you want to learn more about that. Um, much of the Star Wars uh, movies and things was based off of the writings of Carl Jung. And uh, so um, there's, even though we may not be that familiar, you're still seeing his influence today. Um, humanistic theories looked at the way that people strive for self-determination and self-realization, trying to reach their goals. And um, Maslow, who we mentioned earlier in his Hierarchy of Needs, talked about what it takes to be self-actualized, that was his term, um, that we try to reach these peak experiences. We try to have this idea of transcendence, that we, um, we feel like we've really achieved our purpose in the world. Ro Carl Rogers was another one, and his uh, type of counseling talked about achieving human growth. Uh, understanding of acceptance, unconditional positive regard between the therapist and the, the client. And so that was a way to bring about this rapport between the two to uh, explore the areas of personality, to show empathy toward another person. Um, some ways we do this is just by individual questioning that you have between the counselor and the, and the client, but also sometimes there's questionnaires which are really just a collection of the other the questions that the therapist would ask, but in a um, paper and pencil form or maybe online. Interviews or what we call life story where you talk about certain stages of your life to try to get a complete understanding of what people life is been and, and how their personality has been uh, formed. Now those were traditional views of personality, but now we're going to look at more contemporary ideas. Um, one is trait theory, and this probably has a, uh, a pretty good uh, hold on personality theory today. And it's the idea that we have stable or enduring behavior patterns, that we have um, 
characteristic that we tend to keep throughout our lives. Um, there's different psychologists that have worked on this, Alport and uh, Odbert, and um, they started off with just using adjectives and all the words that could describe people. And then they did a statistical uh, thing called factor analysis where they reduced those down to certain groups and then others have tried the same thing and come up with different lists. Um, and so um, I think looked at uh, basically two dimensions where if you're in extroversion or introversion or emotional stability or emotional instability and some variation within that. Um, you can see that there's different ideas about what it takes to be a, what type of personality and more subtlety and more nuance in understanding that. Um, when we talk about introversion, uh, it's not really just people who want to be home and read a book versus going to a party, but introversion is really, in extroversions, where do you get your energy from? Um, you know, an introvert finds being alone energizing. An extrovert finds being with other people energizing. And so it's not that introverts are shy necessarily, it's just that they're trying to recharge their batteries and they do better by being a part of a, uh, you know, a quiet evening at home or something at the end of a long week versus going out on a Friday night. Um, so um, our society by nature tends to be more extroverted. But uh, introverts, you know, tend to uh, um, be open to new ideas, tend to uh, um, seek solitude or uh, rather than revenge if something goes wrong. They're not, uh, they're not as willing to try to have conflict. Um, there's some studies that show now that we actually have some biological components to personality. Um, one of the things that's interesting is that extroverts seek stimulation because of their relatively null, low normal brain arousal. That an extrovert is trying to get arousal in a, their external surroundings. They're trying to get that, um, that feeling that uh, we talked about earlier with arousal. Introverts um, tend to have the arousal already there and they're trying to reduce that. Um, and so there's studies about dopamine levels in different areas about, you know, what really causes an introvert to be in versus an extrovert. Um, one of the more well-known uh, assessment tools is the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory, uh, most often referred to as the MMPI. It's a, it's a um, very long, I think four or five hundred questions that uh, it asks, and but it's used mainly to assess uh, people who have got um, uh, personality disorders, and so it's uh, it requires special training and licensing to give that. Um, there is um, um, probably the one that's known most is the Big Five, and it uses the the idea of a canoe and consciousness, agreeableness, neuroticism, openness, and extroversion. 
And so what it does is it measures these different areas and combines those two, those five and gives an uh, idea of where people land in each of those different areas. And often they will combine uh, two of those things together to try to find um, a more detailed understanding of how people react in situations. So Big Five is a name that you'll often hear in personality studies. We tend to find that our personality stays the same over time. We don't, um, you know, when we're younger we have some fluctuations, but um, as we get older we, we tend to just, we are who we are. And uh, if you're, we just tend to, to stay with uh, that and find what our strengths are and, and focus on those. Um, the, um, so oftentimes you may notice that people react differently in different situations and that it's, um, it's really an inf a, a connection between what their inner disposition is and the environment that they find themselves. Um, so, you know, if you say some, so someone is um, uh, agreeable or or, uh, or outgoing or something like that, it may find that they're more agreeable or less agreeable in different environments than they, they have. And, but we, you know, we all move about in different environments and so we, we try to often have to make adjustments to how we express ourselves based off the environment. Um, the um, Alfred Bandura is a psychologist who talked about the social cognitive connection that we have and that our traits are dependent upon the situation. Um, and a lot of that is we observe and watch how others behave in this situation and that influences our formation of our personality. The, um, that the individual the in is both affects the environment, the environment affects the individual as well. Um, so when you're trying to assess personality, we, we try to do it in realistic situations um, and see how people act in one situation, how do they tend to act in a future situation. Um, so the, um, um, you know, what we tend to do and how do we tend to behave in, like at work or in relationships or at home or, or school and stuff, how are those stable, how do they differ? Um, you know, you have heard many things about, you know, the value of self-esteem and, uh, and there is value in being able to uh, have some positive views of yourself and not to feel so uh, defeated by others or view yourself less than others. So, um, you know, you can, uh, positive self-esteem can motivate us to try new things that we maybe wouldn't have tried. Um, the, uh, sometimes we use self-esteem as a way as a defense mechanism, as a way to kind of protect ourselves. Um, but um, we, um, we do have a tendency though to use our personality in ways that favor ourselves. Um, and we tend to accept responsibility for good deeds. If something goes well, we'll take the credit for it and we're less likely to take the blame for other for our failures. Um, we, we do have a desire to have a positive self-view, but um, 
that can fluctuate over time and depending on the situation. Um, the, um, but someone who also has good self-esteem is also to see not just the positive, but also some of the ne negative characteristics and what do they need to do. That now self-esteem can uh, transform into narcissism as well. So we want to be guarded in, in how much self-esteem we're promoting or trying to, to encourage others to have. Um, different cultures have different views of this. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, individualist looks at our, what's best for me, what's you know my personality traits. A collective society looks at what's best for all the people in society, and they um, so they had different views about the job that you want that's best for you versus what's best for the society or what matters you know, with family obligations. So culture, biology, and all these different things have a big effect on how we view um, and how we understand personality. And that ends this lecture.